you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel L. Kanyan and Dennis Dake on today's show. We are talking about uh, earnings from Target and Lowe's, just the volatility in vaccine names like Moderna and Innovio. Uh, we're going to talk about the reversal yesterday in Walmart. And uh, don't look now, but Luckin Coffee is coming at, is out, actually, of its trading hall. It's going to be delisted off of NASDAQ, but it is trading at as we speak, so we'll just talk about luck and coffee because we haven't talked that since it, it halted like a month ago. Uh, our guest today is Jonathan Yates. He is a former Benzinga contributor, and uh, he will join us at 8.35. In the meantime, Joel, give us a quick update on the overnight session and what happened. Oh, we rebounded sharply here. That late-day sell-off, forget about it. We're up 32 and a quarter handles at 29.51, getting all those losses back and then some. Uh, knocking on the door, yesterday's high, uh, intraday high. We got two highs from yesterday, believe it or not. 58.50, and then the Globex high, the real high, 76 and a quarter. On the downside, look to find buyers here at uh, 29.40 mid-range on the session. Crude took a one-day breather, back up 62 cents at 32.58. We are keeping an eye on the double top at 33. Gold in the green by 10.50, trying like the Dickens to get over 1,800. Silver doing its part. That's up almost 8% at 18.05. Bitcoin, that's up $105 at 9,785. And uh, I don't know if we have any listeners in Midland, Michigan, but... Uh, oh, yeah, I heard about did this. Did you hear what's going on in Midland, Michigan right now? Oh, yeah, I, I saw the video. Well, I didn't see the video, so I heard about the flash flooding, but what, so why? What, the storms? What, what's the deal with the flash flooding? There was a dam or two. Oh. That, that, one broke and then one's one on the verge. What body of water is that on? That's not on Lake Michigan, is it? Where, where is that? No, that's in the middle of the state. Yeah, what's, what body of water is there that's flowing over at them? Man, Just it's like an in, inland lake? Uh. I would say I'm going to Google this right now. Uh, the Midland River. Uh, is there a Midland River? Oh, it's at uh, the Titabawassee River. Midland, Michigan. Titabawassee. And oh, wow. uh, holy the, cow! 
Yeah. Looking at a stop sign and he can't even read the whole stop sign. That's like feet of water. Yikes. Yeah, yep. right near downtown. Oh, well, we've been, yeah, we've been getting a ton of rain. So Yeah, but that's yeah. not rain. So the dam came through and wow. Right. And there's another one coming. Or another one has How been far great. is that from the D? It's a couple hours. It's kind of in the middle of the state. Like if I hold my hand up, you know, like Detroit's down here. Yeah. It's Midland. Is oh, yeah, that's right how they here. do it. Show how they do it. And this is how all Michiganders tell you where you are from. So I learned this back when I was like in university days and you meet some people from Michigan and they're like, you you know, where like are you this. from? Yeah, and they show you. I, I like do it that. backwards. but <laughs> And then the way I would do it is, you see, here's Michigan, and I'm right here. <laughs> I guess I have to do it backwards because of the camera. So right. I go here, and I'm right here. So this is Michigan. <laughs> no, this is no, Windsor. No, We're just outside this little area there. That's Dennis, the way I would say Dennis, where you, I'm at. You're right. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how they right. do it, because the hand looks like, when it's closed, looks like Michigan. So where did you say Midland is on the hand? Show the hand again. And do it's, the opposite one because the cameras are backwards. Okay, like this? I got no, no. I, I looked right the other way. Actually, it it's like right. right. It's like yep. in the middle. It's like yep. you know, in the middle of the lower peninsula. It's a gotcha. couple, a couple hours from. That's here. a very yeah. efficient way to tell where you're in Michigan. I like that. And uh, the only time I've been, uh, believe it or not, I'm going to bring this back to horse racing. Uh, <laughs> Shocker! <laughs> I swear to God, they used to run. They used to, back in the day when harness racing was popular in Michigan. They used to run really you know, nice price races at all the different fairs. And so we went to the Midland fair and um, man, I believe that's where varsity King wiped out, went down. It was a pretty scary thing. So I don't think he won there, but yeah, there used to be the only time the Midland fair for horse racing. But if we have any listeners in Midland, Michigan, man, good luck out there. I hope, uh, I hope things, I hope everyone's okay. I heard people are uh, sleeping at schools and churches and, Man, during a pandemic, I think this is the last thing you want to have yeah. going on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely difficult times there. So, oh, and the markets don't have difficult times. So the markets go up on everything here. Buy the dip again works yesterday. I was hoping for a bigger dip. I wanted to buy a few stocks, but the dip really wasn't that big yesterday. So I don't think I actually added, I added nothing, I believe, to my long-term portfolio yesterday. Just kind of stood pat. It was a dip. I guess it was a dip. We dipped 40 points and we dipped a little more after hours. So if you're really savvy, I guess we were down 45 points uh, from where we were just a, a couple hours before the close. So we had the late afternoon sell off. Now we get all of those losses back again. It's like Groundhog Day around here. Buy the dip and sell the rip. But Dennis, the news, the news was absolutely ridiculous that took us the down. The whole Moderna, everything about this Moderna thing has been absolutely ridiculous. So, so summary. Moderna two days ago, and I think we tried to summarize this already. Moderna two days ago comes out and they have good news. And that drives the whole market. Obviously, the Fed was a catalyst too, but Moderna tacked on another 40, 50 handles after the Moderna data. So you could say it went up 50, 60 handles on the Moderna data. Moderna data, then they're saying, oh, it's no, not, you know, really, Stat News is saying that there's not enough information here. And, you know, obviously, everybody just kind of jumping to conclusions that, you know, this is the holy grail. And Moderna sells off significantly, and the market sells off a little bit. So this is the way this market is. It goes up on good news, and it sells off just a little bit on bad news, and eventually bounces back. So tough market to be short. And then yeah. uh, in addition to that, the CEO was on Fox Business this morning here, and he basically said that, uh, yeah, we said the same thing as, as, as Stat News. You know, this is interim data. This is not meant to be yeah. considered the end-all, be-all. Uh, he says data will be published in weeks, not months. 
uh, and that the phase three trial will, will be uh, will have many thousands of people, though the exact number has not been finalized yet. And uh, yeah, so it, it's not it's not the company's fault that everyone took this and ran with it. You know what I mean? I, I agree with that. And um, there was an, a former SEC officer there on CNBC last night, and they brought him on. And he was talking about, like, apparently there was a couple insiders of Moderna that sold into the pop. And he was full on, like, they need a full investigation here to Moderna because, you know, they have this press release. And now, you know, they find out there was a few people selling stock. I mean... I don't know if it's, you know, if this was manipulated higher. I don't think I agree with that. You know, they, they threw out the data and the market interpreted how it interpreted it. So I don't really see why there would be a full investigation here into this. But regardless, that's what's happened. Um, and, and the market here, if we're just looking, um, uh, or, that, or, or last night on this, so this SEC officer comes on CNBC, stocks trading flat, MRNA, trading around 71.67. It turns around on it. It starts going down. It falls five bucks in the next 15 minutes because um, that SEC, uh, former SEC person, said that there should be an investigation. It's bounced all the way back here this morning because the CNBC had the interview with Moderna this morning, and he basically just said, you know, we just the market interpret the data how it wanted to interpret it, which is kind of how I see it too. So that's bounced all the way back. So it's been a yo-yo session. For Moderna here, selling off five bucks, getting it all back, going green a few minutes ago. Now it's back to the red. Moderna really chopping around. Uh, I will just, uh, the 76 number is important for this because that's where the offering is. Um, also, yesterday's high, 79.75. That's right close to the all-time closing high. So we will keep an eye on that as resistance. Uh, Dennis was talking about the dip in, in, in uh, Moderna M. M-R-N-A. And then I, I, and I talked to Spencer about this yesterday and I'll give you, uh, I'll give you the low on this. You dip down to 6580, but we are only going to refer to this stock from now on is Myrna. Okay. <laughs> Why? Cause the ticker symbol. Yes. And also, <laughs> and if anybody gets this in the chat, uh, this is a little off topic, but if anybody gets this the in the chat again, there was a TV show in, in the, the 1930s, 70s, 70s, a very popular TV show. And they, there was a main character and the main character's best friend was named Myrna. What TV show was that? Oh man, we got the trivia coming at you guys. The, the Two days in a row trivia. And the winner gets a free, get, winner gets 30 day uh, trial to Benzinga Pro. I don't think anyone's going to get Win, this. Winner gets 30 day trial to Benzinga Pro. You just got to email us and we, or your information. So who's the winner? I no, have I no idea think, on this I don't one. think anyone's going to get this. Again, I was zero years old in the 70s. So, so I you don't gotta, unless one. you're Googling it, you probably don't know. I've got my eyes on the chats. Uh, no one knows. Three of them there. Wait, wait, and wait. You can tweet at us too with that. Wait, someone says Jackie Gleason? What is that? No. Uh, that was, uh, what was, was that his wife's name? No. What no, was his wife? Jackie Gleason. That's... No, Jackie Gleason's wife. Nope. We have some. Rhoda. Nick Bellucci wins it. It's Rhoda. Rhoda? Yeah. I've never even heard of that. And it was a spinoff of the... Did you check all the chats? No, XII. No, Look, there's no, a higher... Yeah, there's actually, one before, Rhoda. I, I, I see a few people... XII had it. 
There's a few people who oh, had yeah, a lot of high. We might have to give out a couple. Okay. A couple and it was a spin-off. Jason Rasnick likes them when we give out free subscriptions. It was a spin-off. No, he doesn't. It was, <laughs> let me finish. It was a, it was a spin-off. He's text me right now. Stop giving out free subscriptions. <laughs> it was a spin-off of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Got it. Do you remember that? I, I've I've at least seen that before, but I've never seen it. She the, throws the, her hat up and that took yeah. place in uh, Minnesota. Right. But the last thing off topic, and then I'll totally just talk about stocks again. And this is kind of important. Do you know that they're running the Belmont Stakes before the Kentucky Derby in the Preakness? Yes, I do. Is Adam, that is almost going to guarantee a no triple crown. I'm telling you that right now. All right. Well, we, we can talk about that when it gets closer to the day on June. What, what's the day? Uh, I just looked it up, like June 9th. Okay. Yep. Yeah, or uh, June, June 20th, right? June 20th, yep. yeah. Okay, so we'll talk about that as we get closer. Let's bring it back to the markets, though. Uh, in addition I don't to, even remember where we were. That's okay, so, but, but, but in addition to Moderna, oh, Myrna, we, Myrna. But we had more vaccine news this morning. Uh, this, is, this is from Inovio, I-N-O. Oh, yes. Uh, their COVID-19 uh, uh, vaccine trial demonstrates, quote, a robust and neutralizing antibody and T-cell immune responses in preclinical models. And you can see the stock popped hard. Does this, is this why the market's popping again? Is this another catalyst Could for be. the bounce back? Could so be. I just got a question to all the bears out there and the bulls out there. Are we going to rally 40 handles every time somebody says something positive about a vaccine and then sell off basically no handles when it's not positive? Yes. Well, that's a tough market to be short. <laughs> Buy the dip. <laughs> this market. The, the market just grabs any headline it possibly can grab. Jeremy Newsom sent me a funny video. I don't know if he sent that to you too, Joel. But it was that. Um, uh, anyways, uh, it's a video just talking about, you know, how this market. And they put, you know, some words over it. And I don't think we can show it. But it's a YouTube video. And they're just talking about the bear case and how, you know, you can outline the whole thing. And it really seems like, you know, if you were just living on a desert island and you were going to say, we're going to go into this pandemic and it's going to be around the whole world and 2000 people in the U.S. are going to die a day from it and businesses are all going to be shut down and there's going to be a global recession and the market is actually going to go up 30 percent in March and April because of this. You'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> well, not, not in March. At the, end, at the end of March, since the end of March. So obviously March we went down, but since the... The bottom, which was March 23rd, we are up 30%. So in the last month and a half, unbelievable that the market continues to climb the wall of worry. But I'm the same way. I'm like, I have no shorts on. Zero. I've tried to short the market a few times. Like, I, I shouldn't say I have no short. I always have trades on my trading account, so I'm long short. But I'm hedged there, net market neutral. But I have no swing shorts. And when I'm bearish, I have swing shorts on. Like I was bearish back in January. I have no swing shorts. I have no long, no, no, no shorts in my long-term portfolio, which I never put shorts in my long-term portfolio. Uh, but it's tough. It's tough to be bearish. Yeah. Uh, let's go with uh, Luckin. I'm going to get it right. Luckin Kitchen. Luckin Kitchen. <laughs> it's back. It's, yeah. LK is back. I got it right, didn't I? Oh, no, Luckin Coffee. <laughs> He always oh, says that. Man. He always does that. You, you, you no, at that time, I tried to do it right because the name of the place was Lucky Kitchen. Okay, well, six right. weeks uh, later. Yeah, Luckin Coffee said they got a notice from the NASDAQ that they're going to be uh, delisted. And so ahead of that, they have uh, brought the stock out of the trading halls, I guess, to just let people get out if, yeah. if, they, if they want. Yeah. Um, but there you can see the action this morning. 
So. Stock, unbelievable. Um, yeah, what do you do? You know, you, the, it's you, unbelievable you that this, you know, wait, what? If you're, if you're in a position, so what they come in and they do is they let it trade. I don't know if it's for the day. I don't know when they said it's going to be delisted, but they kind of let it trade. So people, you know, that want to exit their positions. So the options can have the exits as well, because there's options that expired back in, you know, April. Those options, you know, would seemingly be off the board worthless, but it's not the case because when, when a stock gets halted for that long, that expiration date gets extended to the first day of trading. So if you had options on this that, in April yep. or expiring any of the weeklies, even back to March, those option expiration will be today. So it'll be, I believe, at the close today. I'm not sure if it's the opening price or the closing price um, because this doesn't happen very much, but it is extended to today. So that so if you're wondering what I, you know my April calls are doing or my April puts are doing, they've extended to today, and that's how that works. At least that's my understanding. We don't see that happen very often. No, we talked about that when we did that research when <clears throat> we're thinking the markets may close down when uh, yep. you know when this crisis broke out. And you know as we've said several times, just incredible. I mean the markets really have performed well. Yeah. I'm not only talking about you know the percentage increase, but you know the order flow and the and you know you and I went back of the spider versus the spoos and they were halted and everything, but. It you know it were, it all came out in a wash and the you know the difference in the arbs with the spider and the S and P's and the reopenings, of course there was some wild action there. But uh, really credit to the market structure, it really held up well. So back to the luck and coffee. From my experience, I already trade thirteen million shares. There's going to be people who are saying, "Oh, this is going to bounce back." From my experience, when the companies get delisted, they usually just fizzle out. And usually when they go off board, they become a little bit harder to get in out of. This will still be somewhat liquid when it goes off board, but you can get a little bit harder. It's not as easy to get in and out. So from my experience, you know, uh, on these types of, of things is they're not usually buying opportunities. But that being said, it's two bucks. It's like if you're buying it now, it's like a call option. But uh, obviously we know there's a lot of issues where they're fabricating numbers. So I'm out. I don't want any part of this. All right. The chat wants us to talk about some winners. So let's there's stick. been a few. We talked yep. to Novio, but there, if I'm looking at my screen right now, holy cow. If I'm looking at my screen right now, I am struggling, struggling big time to find something red. Even gold is up today. So I'm looking at most of the S&P components here, and I, you know, I don't see any red. There's just a few like smaller companies, but for the most part, like all your companies that reported earnings – this morning, Lowe's Target, they're all trading in the Let's green. Let's do those. This uh, is like, uh, MCK is trading red. We found one. McKesson reported and it is trading red. But there is not a lot of companies. Urban Outfitters reported last night it is trading red. Not a lot of red on the screen today. Uh, real quick, INO, you did get a big pop up to 1935. Back down at 1710. So that's a little bit of an indication that there's a sell the news here when you get this many red candles. You, INO had another pop up to, where did we get to on that day? We got over on the dailies. Now, this is way over that daily high. 16 bucks was the prior high of the move. Just that people stuck on this. I'm one. seeing think... I'm seeing nineteen dollars uh, on March 9th. Nineteen dollars, really? Nineteen thirty-six. That's what oh, I see. Nineteen thirty-six. Good catch there, Spencer. And then where'd we go to today? Nineteen thirty-five. Good catch, Spencer. Spencer, but, we taught him well. 
making up for his poor performance um, on options <laughs> trading. Let's not, even, let's, not go back to that. let's not go back uh, to that. Let's not go back to that. No, no, no. Horrible. Moving on here. Embarrassing. Right. Lowe's earnings this morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lowe's low reported. Uh, actually, it was a good quarter. They beat on the EPS and they beat on the sales estimate as well. Uh, so the EPS buck seventy seven versus a buck thirty one. Sales nineteen point seven versus eighteen billion dollars. So a nice beat on the top of the bottom line uh, for Lowe's last quarter, and they gave comps as well. I believe those were above estimates. Yeah, nice numbers here. Both were pretty good. And you get the fact that we're, it's reporting on a huge update too, which always sure. helps. So big pop here for lows. The stock has now doubled from the lows. Low too many, saying low too many times. $60 to 123 in the last month and a half. I will say the easy money has been made on the long side. I could be wrong, but the stock is approaching all-time highs. We saw what happened with Walmart on its good numbers yesterday when it was approaching all-time highs. They faded it all day and took it red. I was a little bit early on it. I thought that might happen, and um, obviously I didn't uh, make any money on it. But So disappointed myself. But L-O-W, I don't know if it's going to do the same thing. This is a really good report. You also had Home Depot. These are two loved companies. I'm not buying anything up 6%, though. Again, this market keeps punishing you if you are chasing. Just like Moderna, punished if you are chasing. Just like Inovio, if you're buying it at $19 this morning, punished if you are chasing stocks higher. Um, we've seen this, you know, in some cases it pays to chase. In this market, it has paid to fade. Uh, st small disclosure, have a small long-term position in this one. I don't you're in everything. What no, don't you own? Just, How many stocks do you have in your long-term portfolio? There's a couple different ones, but I'm not you. I don't have like a hundred. I'm was, down because I've sold so many. Yeah, well, like it's easy to have more than you. Left. I have two. But that, but you sell. You, you, How like, many do you, you really have in your long-term portfolio? How many stocks? I do not have Ballpark it all it. in front of me. Ballpark it. Like 20? More? more I'd say more 50. Or less. 50. Oh, so you have a lot too. We're both the market. When you get 50 stocks, we're the kind of like the market. Yeah, but they're, they're smaller positions than, than what you take. But anyways, <laughs> um, and I don't trade in and out and look at them. And say, I know, I can't stop myself. Sold. I just yeah, trade everything. Yeah. I'm a trader. Um, it's blood. easy when you have another never sell portfolio because then you never sell. Uh, I, I was doing a lot better when I had it that way. I used to say, this is my long-term stuff. I'm never going to look at it. And that's how I got some really big winners. But now I've like turned into full trader and I'm like, can't stop myself from even trading my portfolio. So I haven't talked about going to trade my long-term portfolio because it seems like that's what the way the money's made here right now. You book the gains when you have it. If you don't, they turn into losers. Great number for you folks. 126.73. Uh, you hit that in February and then spot on 126.97. So there's your area. Uh, you hit that level in February. You hit it again today. That's within 20 cents. You backed off three bucks from there. Who knows? You might might make a run at it, but I'd say at least the first time you get near 126, 126 and a half, I'd have to call that uh, resistance. Uh, since making that high, if, you, if you're brave of heart here, 123 has held up uh, since 730 as support. So early range, just based on the pre-market trading, 123 to almost 127.
Well, so, we're here. Go to the other one. Might Target. as well go to the other big one of the day. Yeah. Uh, other big retailer, I guess I should say, because we also got RCL. That's interesting. But uh, Target out this morning with earnings. Uh, just EPS of $0.59 cents versus a $0.68 cent estimate. Sales of $19.6 billion versus a $19 billion estimate. So the sales beat. Earnings missed, uh, like we've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of earnings are being weighed down by increased costs uh, as a, as a result of the virus. Uh, comps for the quarter up ten point eight percent. Digital comps is e-commerce sales up one hundred forty one percent on a year over year basis. So it's a good quarter. Is pretty much what we what we're seeing with tar- with Walmart. Same kind of same kind of story yeah. here. Strong sales and earnings weighed down by just higher expenses. You know what, though? And I would just say I'd be cautious fading it for the simple reason is a lot of people are going to say, okay, well, Walmart faded. Just like I said on Lowe's, Target faded. Target Direct Pier, you could have a few people saying, oh, it's probably going to fade this too. This was a darn pretty good report. I know the numbers missed on the bottom line, but like you said, there's a lot of reasoning for that. Um, again, though, you're coming up near all-time highs, 130 bucks. So major resistance up near 130. Get anywhere near that level, I think that's resistance. But it's tough in here up to three bucks. You got overhead supply, $3 higher kind of in like this wild pitch area where it's slider. It's going to be a tough ball to hit. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> what are you, uh, uh, what's that show? So, what is it? Kevin O'Leary? Shark Tank? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Shark Tank. I'm out. I'm Mark Cuban. I'm out. Uh, and for that reason, I'm out. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, <laughs> you have to say, and for that reason, and I'm for out. that reason, I'm out. Different looking chart than that Walmart chart, right? Walmart spiked up to 131.99, and then you could just feel the sellers in there, right? They, it, so here, you did have the spike up, the initial spike up to uh, 128 even, and then it sold all the way off at 121.50 in a wild bracket, and now someone's bid at it. You know, you could just look at that 15-minute chart, and it's bid, and they're pushing it, and they're punishing the shorts so i would just wait to see what happens what that high is right off the opening bell and then you know if it exceeds that 129 looks like a decent level to me uh that based on the daily highs that's ahead of the pre-market high pretty pretty wide open here between 125 and a half and 129 i don't know if you're going to get that far under 125 and a half i don't know it could be considerable downside there but dennis man I you don't mind me putting in the article about your your wall well I didn't put it in the article but we talked about it on the show yesterday your Walmart short uh, yep. you were just a little I should have just bit, held yeah it was too early I oh. like yeah but I like to get flat after the season this was an overnight trade it was a play that hey maybe they'll fade it on good numbers I didn't foresee the five dollar buy it on good numbers and obviously um you know I should have held on to it. I should have been a long-term day trader in that one. One thing we didn't talk about also, and um, someone in the chat, I want to say it's Aviator One is pointing it out in the chat, is the uh, Target e-commerce sales where the growth rate was twice that of Walmart's. And we didn't discuss this yesterday, but Walmart is actually, they announced in their report that they're discontinuing, they're winding down Jet.com. Remember, they paid $3 billion for Jet.com. What is that? Remember that they in back in 2016, this was like gonna uh, enable them to, to scale up their e-commerce, and and Jet was a rival to Alibaba, and oh. um, they they bought they paid three billion dollars for Jet.com in 2016. Didn't work out, and they're shutting it down. Hmm. So, 
they haven't they haven't been able to scale online the way they've wanted to. Tar- I mean, you put it in Target perspective, Kings. and I saw a, a great and I I don't I tweeted it out. If you go look at my Twitter, I don't know if you can show it. And I'm trying to find who tweeted it. Actually, it was a few days ago. It was on the weekend, and I tweeted this out, and it was talking about you know how much you know percentage that Walmart online sales and Target is up compared to Amazon. And okay, here it is. It was Michael Batnick that actually tweeted this out, and um, you look at the one chart, and you can say wow you know yeah you look at it and it's like holy cow amazon online sales were only up you know 50 percent or i'm ballparking it here walmart online sales were up you know 200 percent and target was way more than that they're just talking in the last month and then you look at relative share of online sales and amazon is still like 96 percent of all online sales is like between walmart and target when comparing it to it so Walmart's got like 3% or 4%. Target's got a couple percent. Amazon's got 96%. So when you put it in perspective, you can grow a lot when you only got 1%, 2% of the market and Amazon's got that big a chunk. So Amazon is still your player in online sales. They're not even really putting a dent into Amazon. New all-time high here. We're approaching in Amazon, right? They I'm got it up. I know. Yep. You guys I held, yeah, I sold the trade portion and I held the investment portion. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm up about 200 points now. Yeah, that's a nice one. Now, that was the day of earnings. I remember it. They jammed it into the close. They closed at 2470, made a high at 2475. The water, everyone had to be in. Closed at 2474. And then it hit, oh, well, this is a double bottom. It hit 2258.19 and 2256.38. That's what you bought it off, right, Dennis? There was the pair of lows the, after The double earnings. bottom. Yeah. yeah, I almost got this one right at the bottom. I think I paid twenty two sixty five. Wow. So I missed by about nine bucks on, on Amazon. And I took a double size position because I'm like, I like it for a trade, but I've always wanted it in my long-term portfolio. And I think with this COVID stuff, I think eventually Amazon's hitting 3,000, I said to myself. So I took a double size trade, a double size position. I sold the trade portion for about a hundred point gain. And then I've held the investment portion. I'm up 200 points. And we'll see. I, I think Amazon's going to 3,000. So that's why, like I was saying, I think Shopify is going to 1,000, which obviously I'm not participating anymore. I'm hoping to get some miracle pullback to get my stock back. I guess everybody else is too. Amazon, I plan on holding. Um, I know the valuations aren't that cheap, but again, the stock is just dominant in online sales. And I think online sales is just going to be more and more people shopping online after this pandemic. Hey, while we're on the topic of e-commerce, we might as well go to Facebook here because they oh, announced, yeah. they announced this yesterday. Yeah. And I guess the best comparison would be uh, this is like Facebook's answer to Shopify, sort of a Shopify Amazon combo here. But they announced uh, Facebook Shops, which is a service for for businesses to create a a uh, an e-commerce uh, site operation through Facebook. So it's it's basically Facebook's answer to Shopify. The, the way Shopify and yep. and Amazon kind of work now, where it's, really, it's about the tech. It's a great idea for Facebook. Smart. Um, it's not like Marketplace, which is more of like Facebook, Facebook's answer to eBay. This is more of like Facebook's answer to Shopify or Amazon, where a business can actually take their operations online and and do it through Facebook. They're looking to use, you know, they have a huge, huge user base, and they're looking to obviously profit from that in different ways. And this is really smart. Right, moving to online sales. So I think this is a fabulous idea. I wish I still had my Facebook stock. I sold it. Obviously, it was a big mistake. I sold it ahead of the earnings because I was nervous that I'd run up too much into it. Again, wrong. 
And um, yeah, this is one I'd be scrambling to get back in. But you know, if they're going to start getting into e-commerce in different ways and figuring this out, I think you know there's a lot of people smart, smart people at Facebook too. Valuation has always been fairly reasonable at Facebook, just like Google. So I like this idea. I like the stock. I'd be a buyer of pullbacks. Again, always buying pullbacks, not buying rips. 224.20. That represents the all-time high in January before the market melted down. Uh, you are approaching that level very quickly here. Uh, 223.88. And it's just, you backed off a little bit, but uh, just someone's bidding big underneath, maybe offering stock up top. Uh, so we'll just uh, we'll just keep an eye on that all time high. It's really the only target I could give you. Uh, wait, did I see two? Did I say two twenty four twenty? Yeah, two twenty four twenty. Uh, that was your all time high. So that's the only level I could give you there in Facebook. And Shopify doesn't care. Shopify. Well, I, I actually, I think Facebook might be working with Shopify on this. Oh. But I don't know. If, I, I don't know about that. Face but... Shop. No. Shopify, just as, again, it's the Canadian aspect of it that we can really continue to drive Shop the story book. to. I would love a pullback in Shopify. Again, I'm not sure I'm going to get it. People want to talk about Spotify. Years ago when Spotify and Shopify were out there, I got them confused sometimes. I was like, okay, Shopify, when they were first both coming out, you know, three, four years ago, I was like, okay, got to get this straight. Spotify is the music company and Shopify is the online retailer but um i've got it straightened out now obviously because i love shopify i've never really owned spotify although my wife has a subscription to it so maybe i should have joe rogan experience comes in and this stock rips higher we love joe rogan i don't know if i'm paying up 20 bucks for spotify but this market's crazy like that i would not want to be short this stock right now especially you know, when you get stocks that are new, making highs, and obviously we were back up over 2019, but I think you could eventually challenge the $200. I think that all-time high is 198.99. I think you eventually could challenge that. It's got all the wind in its sails right now. As a trade, I like it. As a long-term investment, the valuation's crazy, and it feels a little bit like Howard Stern and Sirius here. But short-term, hot. It's a little different. I, they're a little more diversified than Sirius is. Sirius kind of hits their wagon to Howard Stern. Yeah. Um, but, but besides that, they don't have much else. My but wife loves Spotify. She has the family plan. We have the family plan, and we have like, I don't know, you got like five different users for like, I don't know, 12 bucks a month or something, or 15 bucks a month. <clears throat> does, so she, uh, does, listen she listen, does she listen to uh, Benzinga's pre market prep on there? She should, li- she should listen more. We are, we are on there. We are, are we on, on Spotify? There. Yes, we, we are. are on Spotify, and I think. Is Agnes Crowley? Why didn't know. we get a hundred million dollar? What? How much did Joe Rogan get? We should have got great, a little. It's a great bit. question. It's a but, yeah. Dude, we're next. Spotify, come knocking on our doors. Well, Dennis, we're ready to sign for the hundred mil. Dennis, I the, do. The, I do a mil. I do a the, mil. The catch is. <laughs> do a the mil. Catch Don't is, sell yourself short. <laughs> the, the catch is it's exclusive, so we would have to abandon YouTube. We'd have to abandon our uh, site. We'd have uh, to, uh, we what we do with all of our, without of our YouTube users? It's exclusive. Oh yeah, we love our YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay, deals off the table. Oh, oh, deals off the table. Deals off the table. Sorry, Spotify, you should have hit the bed. <laughs> uh, but no, I think we've picked up a couple listeners here to the show from um, uh, from uh, Spotify. Hey, Joel, you want to give us some quick levels in Spotify? I don't know what the hell to tell you. The thing had yeah. a big move yesterday. <laughs> Rocket ship mode. Uh, let's see. Where did we get to? Uh, 179.69. So you back four bucks off that move. They, uh, I believe that was from um, that was from yesterday's session. So that's the only thing I can give you. Uh, test that. I don't know if there's a seller at 180 or not. You backed off the close at 175.03. 
I think if you don't hold the close here, that's where it gets to be a slippery slope because, you know, what do you pick between, you know, that and yesterday's low at 161.57. So if you want to trade this thing short term, you're going to have to find like a 15-minute chart or I don't even know, the daily pivot. I can't figure that in my head right now. 80, 70, 150, 62.10. I don't know, maybe 168, 169. But I mean, that's just throwing darts against the wall, guessing on that one. All right, I want to go to our guest now. Uh, Jonathan Yates is a former uh, Benzinga contributor. And I want to bring him on now. Jonathan, uh, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, let me see if I can hear him. Let's try this. Can we see him or he doesn't have a video? Jonathan, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. All right. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, thank you very much. Things are going well. Certainly not the flooding you're having out in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. That okay is. Okay. The D. I mean, if you if you had dams breaking on your 2020 bingo card, congratulations. Uh, but uh, Jonathan, we brought you on today because we, we might were... be out in the background there. Yeah. Can you mute the background? Yeah. Turn us off in the background there. But um, we now we say okay. that when you're on the radio, like, uh, could you please turn your radio down before you uh, come on the show? <laughs> we were talking about an article that you had written for Benzinga uh, back in 2019. Uh, three reasons to tap into home equity to buy stocks, and uh, we just wanted to get your thought. Actually, can you recap for us sort of what happened around that? Because you that created a little bit of a stir. Sure. Uh, they had me on MSNBC with that, which is uh, pretty interesting with Hank Greenberg. And, uh, you know, it's the first time I was ever on television for something like that. And I enjoyed it. And, you know, all I can say is that history has proved me correct. You know, the Dow back then was around 16,000. Now it's, uh, you know, up near 24. So that's a 50 percent rise. And I don't think real estate has really risen that much. I know the numbers will show that it's up, but that's just in a small percentage of the country. You know, I mean, I've read articles that said oh, about 90% of the prices are still pre-Great Recession level. And, and I believe that from what I've seen. So recap the argument again that you made in the article that really stirred up everybody and obviously some people- Sure, there's three reasons it. why. And these reasons are as applicable today, actually more applicable. Number one, you get a lot more diversity. When you keep your home equity in your house, you have all your money invested in one house, on one street, on one block, in one community, in one state, in one country. If you put your money in an S&P 500 index fund, you know, you're diversified around the world. So, you know, you just get a much better diversity. Second of all, you get a higher yield. You know, you can borrow now, uh, you can refi probably at about a 2.5 or 2.6 from what I've seen. And, you know, you get a tremendous, you get to write the mortgage interest off your taxes. So you get that. And with the market, you know, it's been up, what, 14% over the last decade, the market. So, you know, if you borrow it two and a half with a 14% re return, you know, you can do the math there. And the third thing is the liquidity. Uh, you know, Sam Zell, I was at the Invest for Kids conference in 2013, and Sam Zell, the uh, legendary investor in real estate, was there, and he said liquidity is a sign of a healthy market. You can buy and sell your stocks, you know, right away. You know what the price is, and you can you can trade for free, too, as part of that liquidity. If, you know, if you do it in a uh, tax-free account, you're not going to pay capital gains tax, and if you're a frequent trader, you can trade for free. You're looking at at least 10%. To, to buy and sell a house and you don't have access to the liquidity right away. So, you know, you have better diversity, higher income and more liquidity. 
we should, we should add that this we're not recommending this strategy. People do this. It it is uh, it does come with a higher degree, higher degree. He was of chopped risk. up when he announced when when you were saying the original strategy. Your audio was chopped up, so some people might have missed it. But um, obviously, sure. the original strategy was to take money out of your home to invest in the markets. Yeah, can I make a perfect timely example? You guys were talking this morning about how Lowe's is doubled. Well, ESPN just finished a ten-part series, The Last Dance, on Michael Jordan. He just lowered his house to fourteen and a half million from an original selling price of twenty-nine million. So you don't think he wishes he had put that money in Lowe's instead, and it would doubled rather than his house falling in half? I, I, I don't know. I maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what about so, now? What about now? I mean, would you would you put? Oh, out even the- more so now. I mean, I get a email from this real estate agent, Doctor Housing Bubble, which I highly recommend to anyone interested in investing in the financial markets from a real estate point of view. You know, he's pointed out there's a trillion dollars in forbearance now for mortgages. My father used to be chairman of his credit union. He said, you know, when a mortgage went into forbearance, it's generally 90 days late. He said, forget it. You know, you got you got to write it off. And so, you know, you got a trillion dollars in mortgages you're going to have to write off. It's going to have a tremendous impact on the real estate market. So, you know, I do it now. You know, you look back in November 2010, Ben Bernanke, when he was chair of the Federal Reserve, he wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post that basically said, we're going to use the stock market as our economic engine, and we're going to keep interest rates low so the stock market will do better. So, I mean, do you want to have the U.S. government behind you? Do you want to invest with the Federal Reserve? Or, you know, do you want to invest against it in real estate? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's certainly an argument to make. I think as uh, as would happen last time, this, this is a pretty divisive, <laughs> divisive I've idea. I've always been a fan Say, of – High of, risk, high reward. Yeah, I, I've always been a fan of not investing on money you can't afford to lose. So it just depends, I guess, on your own financial situation. So – should people be paying out their mortgage early to invest or, or, or investing in stocks? I mean, against their mortgage, not... Yeah, buying, it's a little yeah. bit of a controversial subject when you're taking money out of your mortgage to invest in the markets. Obviously, it works very well when the market's going up. The question is, you know, sure. when you get into a situation the markets start going down, um, you know, that can be an uglier scenario. And, you know, obviously... Well, then the thing to do then is I've always big, been a big fan of dividend income investing. So invest in dividend increase. Dividend aristocrats, those stocks which have a history of raising their dividend every year for what, 25 years? So you look at ExxonMobil now, it's yielding over 8%. And they've raised their dividend every year for over 25 years. So, you know, you borrow money at 2% to, to get a raise every year at over 8%. So that protects you on the income downside. Yeah, uh, and and just to be, just to be clear, what Dennis said is super important. Don't invest any money that you can't afford to lose. This is true for any strategy, whether you're, you know, taking borrowing against your home or not. Any money that you have in the market should be money, money that you can't afford to lose in the first place. And tell tell I, us about um. Uh, so you went on was it CNBC or MSNBC? Who did you go on? Were you go on with like Herb Greenberg? Yeah, it was Herb or, Greenberg. Yeah. I remember the segment. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. I enjoyed it. You know, I was living in Florida at the time. So, you know, they saw the article. They obviously wanted to talk about it. Um, You know, I mean, the points he made were not very good at all. I mean, he was just sort of like more being like a comedy routine rather than a serious discussion vis-a-vis, you know, investing in uh, real estate as opposed to equity. So, I mean, I enjoyed it, but, you know, I didn't really think it was a serious discussion. I didn't think, you know, he, you know, really did that well. No, I mean, you just, 
look at the stuff. He didn't know the numbers. I mean, you know, when I mentioned the dividend income aspect, he makes some smart aleck remark. Well, you know, dividends, they're just, you know, everybody goes for the high one that collapses. Well, that's not true. The average dividend on the S&P is 2.2%. So, you know, it's, I mean, I understand they have to entertain, but it, it might've been entertaining, but I don't think it was enlightening for the listeners. Uh, wait, were they angry at all or were they incredulous or, or I guess like what was the incredulous I'd say. Yeah. Okay. That, that sounds about right. Um, and then uh, last thing for you, Jonathan, uh, have you done this? Uh, have I done the real? Oh yeah. Without question. You know, I've been buying and selling I've day traded, done real estate. I've done all sorts of investing in this. Oh, I very much have done that uh, very much the type thing. I mean, I'm, a lot of times when I, have you guys ever heard of the expression hard money? No. Hard money in real estate is when you go to basically a private borrower. It's very expensive, but, you know, it's, I've done it three times. I made money off of it, and I'll do it again. It's, you know, you just basically go to a private borrower. You generally have to put up three points. It's probably about 10 or 15%, but it saves you the hassle of going through the, uh, you know, the financial institutions, because the financial institutions, when the market turns south, you know, you're not going to be able to borrow against your real estate. And you're certainly not going to be able to borrow against your real estate if you lost your job. And at that time with Mr. Greenberg, you know, this was 2014, we were still struggling to come out of the great recession. And, you know, I mean, you had bought a lot of people with, you know, what they called liar loans, no doc loans, and stuff like that with their home. So, you know, I still think there was a lot of concern that anything having to do with real estate was going to be based on that. And, you know, the Dow had bottomed out in March, 2009. And like I said, was only at uh, 16,000. Well, what's interesting in March, 2009, it was around 5,900. So it had more than doubled by that time. So you think they would have wanted to jump on the bandwagon since the Dow was obviously surging and real estate was only rising in a couple of areas. You know, you may make another point too about real estate investing. You know, Sam Zell, you know, they asked him, are you buying all these thousands and thousands of foreclosed single family homes, which a lot of uh, institutional investors have to rent out? And, you know, he made this look, this incredulous look and said, you don't think they came to me first? And, you know, you don't want to buy a foreclosed house because when you think about it, when you buy a foreclosed house, this is what that means. It means the seller could not sell it to cover the mortgage. It means he could not rent it to cover the mortgage. It means the financial institution couldn't sell it. And most important of all, it means none of the real estate investors in that area who know the community better than some, you know, 22 year old analyst with a hedge fund in Singapore or Manhattan wanted to touch it. So, you know, you've got real estate now, a lot of uh, institutional investors have bought thousands and thousands of these foreclosed homes and they are in trouble. I can tell you, if I was looking for a stock to short, it would be those ones like that that have bought up those foreclosed properties to rent out. All right, Jonathan Yates is a former Benthinga contributor. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us today. Stay safe. Hey, great. You guys have a good day, and thank you for having me. All right. Uh, uh, real quick here, uh, yeah. someone just threw in the chat um, ACB here, and uh, man, the stock, it, it, the bloom came off the flower yeah. on that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote the article about it the day before. Man, you just got to sell those things when they're going up. And like, I had no idea, you know, hit 1968. You couldn't get there on uh, on Tuesday. You only went to 19 in a queue. A little double top, really. Yeah, a little double top. Kind but of. If, if you were playing it safer, when it went through that close uh, of seventeen ten, 
It's your uh, Yesterday, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna wash my hand of this little pump and dump. But uh, now, now, if you're trying to sell into a rally here, you got company, folks. You got company yeah. at yesterday's low. You yeah. got company at fourteen sixty-five. The close. Who's going to be buying it now? What's the catalyst, right? Yeah. What's going to yeah. send this thing up? So. You know, hard to really hard to call those low float stocks, but it came up at the chat, and I just wanted to give uh, give my give my two. We, cents we gave it that. yesterday, and we said this like a hot potato. I said when we look at this thing six months from now, I said I think it's making new lows. I said I don't know where it goes in the short term. These things can go crazy, but you don't want to get stuck with them. When you see the reversal candle like that, there's a lot of people caught. I think the party is over here. I'd be selling any type of a rally again. I don't think you're going to get a big rally. I think you get back up to 15 bucks. I'd be selling it. I would not want to own this stock just for the simple reason is that I'm still thinking it's fundamentals. It's got some serious issues. This was nothing more than a short squeeze. We squeezed them for a few days. I think the party's over here. That's my opinion. All right, let's go to RCL. Uh, they had a earnings report out this morning, right. and um, yeah, it wasn't, on my, it wasn't on my calendar yesterday for some reason, but they're out sleepy. this morning. Sleepy, sleepy looking. Well, chart it was. Uh, it's going to be a major. It's going to break the chart basically on on. Well, the, we knew it was going to be ugly. I, yeah, I, I, I said this. Yes, I knew they were going to report, and Trader Upright was talking about this, and. I'm like, shouldn't we just go along this thing? Because is it not going to rally no matter what? I mean, everybody knows it's going to be terrible. So pride is rallies. Yeah. Sure it is, so... It's terrible and it does rally. So I went long CCL. I went long sympathy, which worked out. Um, I should have obviously went long. Good trader logic RCL. there, Dennis. Really good trader logic. I like it. That's like ridiculous. <laughs> it's all this market trades. I mean, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be bad. We know it's going to be bad. It's quarter is going to be bad. So. It's probably all priced in. It was, and the stock's yeah. up. Not much you can say. I, I just I want to give the numbers year over year just so you can just compare them. But their adjusted EPS for the first quarter was a loss of a dollar forty eight cents per share compared to a gain of a buck thirty one a year ago. Sales of two billion down from two point four billion a year ago. They said as of the end of April, approximately forty five percent of guests who had uh, booked a cruise. Uh, had canceled or had asked for refunds and uh, talked. They're, they're actually reflecting um, the line from the airlines where it's not getting worse, which how much worse can it get? Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, you're going to have that. This is as simple as this trading is. You just got to take it for what it is that this market is priced in all bad news. The report's an epic disaster, but we knew it was going to be. So, Unless they were going to say we're going out of business, I mean, this stock was probably going to rally on this report. And so it's up. So if you're scratching your head and saying, how are they rallying on those numbers? This is the very definition of it's all the bad news is, you know, potentially priced in, at least for this earnings report. A reason I'm not buying this in my long-term portfolio is I'm not sure that they don't go out of business. So longer term. So I, they may, you know, and maybe we pull out of this and maybe they're going to be okay. They say they've got some liquidity for a while. But again, these stocks are not, you know, this stock is probably going to be a hundred dollar stock or it's going to be close to zero. So it's not a simple fact like a year from now, it's going to be a $43. I don't think so. It's going to be, it's, it's either going to have a big move higher. It's going to survive and bookings are going to go back. And we're going to say, wow, that was a great opportunity. Or there's going to be some serious dilution, capital raising and problems to finance themselves through these issues. So that's the two scenarios that I see here. I'm not willing to bet my money on either scenario. 
Uh, couple things here. Number one is a really, really sleepy chart here. I mean, like, like, like snoring sleepy here, right? It, it looks that way, but these are big little individual moves. I mean, you put in they are. 34 to 43 in three trading sessions, a huge move. It does. So it, it's funny, you know, the perspective, just because it's had such a big move, it looks like a sleepy chart compared to the March move, but it, it could go up. It could go up for a bit. I don't want to be short this thing either. Right now, I don't want to be short anything. I don't want to be short. It's a tough market to trade. Again, you know, as day trades, maybe you're shorting, but you know, if you've got this full on, like, uh, we're, we're eventually going to implode the implosion. I don't see it happening in the next week or two. So I could see us, I think we're going to go up above 300 spy and really squeeze the shorts for a little bit. And then eventually, you know, pop the bubble. Uh, but you know, who knows, you know, maybe we're just going to get out of this thing too. So just trade what you got. I'm still playing the fades. Uh, let's see here. You're you're trading in the pre market. You're trading up a buck twenty one at forty three thirty six. Uh, I think you could just use your dailies here. Um, couple highs, forty four thirty one. You haven't exceeded that yet, and then forty four ninety eight. So let's plow through those two levels. Let's have a good day on the upside. Get above forty five. Oh, I see another high at forty four seventy four. So you know what? I'm just going to reserve comment. I'm not going to give you anything over forty five dollars. I think if you get up that area, you're buying it early. That could be a profit target for somebody. Uh, not me, but that's what I'm looking at. Forty four seventy five. If it doesn't get the hop and get over forty four and Go 44.10 bid, 30 offer, 30 bid at a half. It could be a fade. Yeah, it could be a fade. Uh, no trade on it now. If I had a swing long on it, I'd be looking at 45 bucks. All right, 8.53 here, about seven minutes left in our show. We got through my list. I want to go through some stocks in the chat, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to hit. Uh, Dennis or Joel. What do you Dennis? got? You got anything? Well, I had a spot, LK, INO, main ones on my list. And INO, I'm just going to go back to that because I never really gave my opinion on it. It's faded significantly. I would look at Moderna and compare it to INO, and I'm not buying anything that's up 20% on potential vaccine news because these have been faded before. A lot of people were asking about Gilead. Gilead has really fallen significantly. I've been really playing this one. I, some stocks you play wrong. Some stock, this one I really got right. I did not rebuy it because I had a bad feeling that all the good news was kind of priced in. That appears to be the case. It's in free fall here right now. I do believe you have some support at 70. So it could bounce there the first time. Um, valuations, okay down here. But again, all this positive news from Disavir, if I'm saying that right, was all baked in. And now it's like, okay, and if the drug doesn't work as great as we thought it was going to, which some studies are, you know, potentially going to spend, some people are saying it may not be that great. I mean, then what do you got? You're back to a biotech stock that's still struggling for growth. You're back to a stock that's a value biotech. So you're back to, it's got value in the 65 to 68 area. So would I be a buyer at 65? I think so. 68, maybe. 72, you might be early. Just my uh, opinion. This one is just the way it reacted on those pops, right? It faded. went up over 80. They were faded up over 80. They were faded up over 80. It, you know, 85, it was faded. So uh, what really hasn't been doing that, though? I mean, you think about how many stocks, you know, and obviously Shopify, but even in, in some of these pops and Shopify, we've had some pretty good down moves. There was a 100 point sell off in there. There's been some money to be made in playing the fades. 
That's just why I've been saying it's buying the dips on the rip. I'm like a broken record around here, but it continues to work. It's why, you know, I've had a, the last two months have been my best two trading months in 10 years. There's a reason for that because I'm buying dips and selling reps and it's been working. And you know what? In the last month, you just think about that. If you're always buying when you're down two, 300 and you're always selling when you're up two, 300 uh, on the Dow, if you're looking or you know, 30 handles on the S&P, look at the where we've gone. We started April on this spy around 283 or no, sorry, range. middle of April. We've been at a trading range for a month and a half and we're at the top of the trading range now. Are we breaking out to 300? I think so. I think we're going to sneak our heads above 300, but I'm not buying that breakout. I'm not coming in and saying, well, we're above 300. I'm going to buy it now. We're going back to all-time highs. I think the fade trade's still on. I think you're still going to get opportunities. But, you know, if you're buying yesterday, you're making money. If you're selling the day before, you're making money. So I'm going to continue to do that. Gilead has been a poster child for it. It's been a, a, a play. Every time it's had positive news and rally, 10 bucks, it's been a sell. Every time it's sold off significantly, it's been a buy. Now it's sold off significantly. So it's probably going to be a buy at some point in time. Am I going to get a shot at 70? Maybe, but at 72, I'm just early. I don't have that much. Like I could see it going to 70. So it's not that easy of a pitch. You buy it at 72, are you going to make money on it? Probably. Eventually it's going to get some type of a pop in here, but I think you get it cheaper. Uh, let's go to Roku here. Uh, there was a headline this morning out of Variety that Roku is going, looks like they're going to uh, be able to have the HBO Max service on their platform when HBO Max launches at the end of May. Uh, and Amazon will not have HBO Max. Roku is up a little bit on that news here uh, this morning, but let's take a look at the chart. 120 is the resistance point. It's tried it twice. Until I can get above 120, I think shorts control it here. So let's see what it does. It gets up to 120. Might test it here today. Can it take out 120? Because then it might get interesting. You're out, you know, if you're playing it from the long side, it's at 112.48. It starts making new lows on the move. I want no part of it. It hasn't really participated in the last little while. It kind of looks tired to me, which yeah. makes me a little bit concerned. There's better places for longs, in my opinion, on, than Roku right now. This chart yeah, doesn't look great. Yeah. Dennis is referring, uh, you know, simple technical analysis we like to follow here. Uh, 120.09, 119.99. Those are your highs from your last two sessions. Uh, I'd even like, uh, I'd even take a look here at 118.45. That was a, a four day closing high after hitting that 12.48 level. So you might even run into trouble ahead of that 120 double top. Uh, you know, it had that monster run uh, in March, just like a lot of other stocks. It, you know, it hit it at its high level. It, it's going down, but, you know, it's certainly, you know, you don't really need to head for the hills yet. I mentioned, uh, Dennis mentioned that 112.48. Well, you had another low at 112.69 on May 4th. So got to hold that area. Take that out. I wouldn't be so concerned about the 111.36, but that's, uh, that's major support you're leaning on at uh, 112. Let's call it 112.70 in Roku. And then we'll do one more. A lot of people in the YouTube chat asking about Mark, M-A-R-K. Um, I, I played this for a while. We know that I've talked about it on the show. I sold too early, and then the last chunk I sold almost right at the top at $2.55. So I wish I would have sold all of it up there. It's showing some life again. This is a play. This is a speculative, speculative capital-only play on, um, on the reopening looking at the thermal, Im thermal imaging. Correct. So there's FLIR is the more safer play. I'm long FLIR still. It's actually got the thermal imaging. This, to mark to my, certain, to my understanding, is more kind of like a software play. 
in the thermal imaging arena. And it had the, the, the big pop. We've run from 50 cents to 255. I believe we've seen the high. I don't think it's going to be revisited, but I don't know. Um, I tend to think I'd be more of a seller here that the story is cooled off now, but it could get hot again. I mean, we haven't reopened this. Thermal imaging stuff could get hot again. So if it got above two bucks, it gets interesting again. But speculative only, I feel like the story, I'm out of it. I feel like the story is cooled off now and uh, I'm out. Yeah, I think you do have a, a little bit of over, you know, overhead supply in this one. You went from 266 to 121, 240, buck 20 move at buck 20 to buck 20. Man, if this thing got up to 240 and I see a high when it really started to come down at 268, that'd be a, you know, that'd be getting half of this move back. Volumes kind of kind of coming down too after that uh after peaking at 215 million so people will get out i think uh for now you know in the uh, absence of some crazy news first you need to take out 195 that was the high from yesterday and i think right now you know base case you know unless there's some really incredible news on it you got to Best case, 240 here for this one. Well, if it gets back up there again, it could take it out. This story could get hot again. This is a very small company, um, you know, that can have wicked moves. And we already saw the wicked move. I bought this stock at 40 cents because, and it's hung out there for a couple days, but I thought the story could get hot. You know, we talked about, I was like the thermal imaging plays. We know we talked about Fleur. I talked about Mark. um, And, you know, the stock obviously went. I sold too soon. I sold some at 60 cents. I sold some at 80 cents. And then I sold some in the dollars and I sold the rest of it. I got on the top 255. I wish I would have, you know, held it better. But again, we know me. I sell too soon always. So I, I, I could see the trend is still there. The trend overall trend is still up. So it's not broken. I could see this story getting hot again. Uh, but right now it's too cool for me to, you know, not- it's actually 195. It's actually one. I was wrong. Fifty percent retracement's one ninety five. I did some bad math on which the we kissed stock. yesterday. Yeah, so I, I'd be careful there. But, yeah, I, uh, I'd be careful too. I'd want to see this above two bucks before it gets interesting again. All right, Spencer, you want to wrap things up for today? Sure, that will be it. You can catch the replay of our show on YouTube or via our podcast, which is on, as we mentioned, Spotify or iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or I believe also the Google Podcast app. Thanks to our guest. Uh, As far as tomorrow's show, we'll be joined by the cow guy, Scott Shalady. He will join us at 8.35. We love the cow guy. We do. In the meantime, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40. Until then, stay safe. Yep, just uh, I'm hopping on hot mic here to uh, cover the CNBC and some whatever tickers uh, I missed in the chat. So see you guys on hot mic, Joel317. All right. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.